Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Incline listeners. Looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now... You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What is up, everyone? Happy Friday to all of you out there. We're live from Maui. Thank you for checking out The Incline. I'm your host, Kevin Klein. You can follow me on Twitter, at Klein25. The ocean, absolutely stunning out there. But we got some Dodgers to talk about. Right now, they're 85-44 and 44 on the season. They're so far ahead in the National League West. I've stopped keeping track, but they're at least 20 games ahead. More importantly, they're two games ahead of the New York Yankees for the best record in Major League Baseball. A lot of people are already counting down that magic number to clinching the seventh division title in a row. But for me, the magic number ends when the Dodgers secure home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Dodgers are coming off a great sweep of the Toronto Blue Jays, which ended in two consecutive walk-offs. Last night's game was quite a doozy. It started with Blue Jays starter Jacob Washpusi Glashnaka, whatever his name is, throwing seven shutout innings. And then Derek Law, eventually he came in to get the save opportunity. And even though the Dodgers were down 2-0 at the bottom of the ninth, started with Muncy getting on base, a Bellinger double, and then Corey Seager tying the game up with a two-run double. And as I tweeted out on Twitter for the third time or whatever what Corey Seager is doing after two surgeries and missing nearly an entire season is something most athletes cannot do so even though Corey Seager is not at 100% Seager level he's still one of the best shortstops in all of baseball and I don't think anyone can argue that and then of course on his bobblehead night Kike Hernandez driving in Corey Seager to put the Dodgers ahead and go on to win in walk-off fashion their 12th of the season, winning 3-2. to two. The night before, had some drama as well. Walker Peeler pitched another 
fantastic game at Dodger Stadium. He threw seven shutout innings. Dodgers were up one nothing going to the bottom or the top of the ninth. Kenley Jansen coming on in to close the game. And unfortunately, Jansen blew another save. That was his sixth of the season. He allowed a solo home run to Rowdy Telez, a very unknown name. Like, once again, we saw Carson Kelly hit a home run off Jansen. We saw Hunter Renfro hit a walk-off grand slam off Jansen. Jansen is one save, blown save away from tying his career high back in 2012. A lot of Dodger fans are pissed off. They were going nuts on Facebook. They were going crazy on Twitter. People are ready to take away Jansen's closing role. I think this series against the Yankees is make or break. If Kenley Jansen blows a save to the Yankees, it's probably time to take the closing role away from him. If he can prove himself, close out the game, get a save against the Yankees, then he very well might have saved his job. The Dodgers don't really have many options to turn to if Jansen is no longer the closer. It's going to come down to Joe Kelly or Pedro Baez, depending who the Dodgers would prefer to have in the setup role. It's very important to have your top guys also in the seventh and eighth inning as well, especially if they're facing the heart of the order. I had faith in Jansen pretty much all year long, but just the other night I got a lot of reactions. A lot of people were supportive in favor of me. Happy to see that I joined the bandwagon of no longer supporting Kenley Jansen as the Dodgers closer. I am I am on the fence. It's really hard to continue to back this guy up when he continues to blow saves. But at the end of the day, Max Muncy hit a walk-off home run. Muncy just having a phenomenal season for the Dodgers. Never even heard of this guy two years ago. And now he's got the most home runs on the road. He's like top two or three in home runs hit the last two seasons combined. What a story. They got to make a movie for this guy. But we got more important things to talk about. Dodgers, Yankees. Two of baseball's most historic franchises. They're on a collision course to potentially meet in the World Series for the first time since 1981. The Yankees are coming into town with an 83-46 record, two games behind the Dodgers, as mentioned. The last time the Dodgers and Yankees faced one another was in the regular season of 2016, where the Dodgers took 2-3, including an 8-2 victory and a 2-0 win as well, where Clayton Kershaw, he pitched in that series, only made a couple innings out of that because he was returning from a back injury. But I'm actually joined by a guest today. I'm joined by Kerry Klein, here to talk about some Dodgers-Yankees past World Series battles. How you doing, Kerry? I'm doing great. Welcome to the Incline. Wow, straight from Maui. Yes, we are live in Maui. This is a three-game weekend series between the Dodgers and Yankees. Maybe we'll get a 2019 World Series, but you actually witnessed the 19... 19- 63 World Series. I think the 1963 World Series was the greatest series the Dodgers ever had. They went up against an all-star team for the Yankees. The Yankees had 
1961 Maris and Mantle that were battling for to break Babe Ruth's record, which Maris eventually did. Everybody thought it was going to be Mickey Mantle, but it turned out to be Roger Maris. And then two years later, they're battling these guys in the World Series. The Yankees had basically an all-star team. They had Joe Pepitone at first, Bobby Richardson at second, Tony Kubek, shortstop, Cleet Boyer was their third baseman, Tom Tresh was their left fielder, Mickey Mantle was their center fielder, Roger Maris was their right fielder, Elston Howard was their catcher. Yogi Berra was the catcher. They had two all-star catchers. They had pitchers like Whitey Ford. They had Jim Bouton. They had Mel Stoudemire. It was like an all-star super team on one team. And who did the, Yan- who did the Dodgers have? Well, they had a former Yankee as first baseman, Moose Scourin, Moose Bill Moose Scourin. And Their second baseman was Jim Gilliam. Their shortstop was Maury Wills. Their... Actually, their third baseman was Jim Gilliam. Their second baseman was, um, well, I don't recall. It'll come to me. But their, their left fielder was Tommy Davis, who was a two-time National League batting champion. Their center fielder was Willie Davis, who was like the fastest guy in history in the league. And their right fielder was a combination of Ron Farley, who had left-handed, and big Frank Howard, who was like six foot seven, the biggest guy in the league. He was a power hitter in right field. But the Dodgers didn't have much offense. Even though they had a great batting champion in Tommy Davis and they had a power hitter in Frank Howard, their offense fizzled, but their pitching was incredible. They had Sandy Koufax, they had Don Drysdale, they had Johnny Padres, and in their bullpen they had Ron Paranowski, who was the greatest reliever of his day. So it looked like it was going to be a cakewalk for the Yankees because the Yankees had great pitching. They had incredible offense, totally all-star team. The Dodgers, well, uh, as uh, Casey Stengel said, who was their manager at the time, he says, the Dodgers, they have this guy named Sandy, they have Ronnie, they have all these, like, you know, kind of weird named guys, and they don't have a chance against Mickey and Roger and Whitey. But when it came down to the World Series, uh, Don Drysdale pitched the first game because Sandy Koufax, who was their best pitcher at the time, was a Jewish holiday, so he couldn't pitch. So it was young Kipper. So Don Drysdale pitched the first game, and every game in that series was either one to nothing or two to one. The Dodgers' pitching just dominated. And the Dodgers would go on to win the World Series, right? In four straight games, the most incredible series in history for the Dodgers. Wow. We'll get to 1981 in just a moment. We're going to flash back to the present now. So the, the Dodgers, they're coming off a three-game sweep of the Blue Jays, while the Yankees, believe it or not, they're on a four-game losing streak. The Oakland Athletics swept them. It's not so easy when the Yankees get to play Baltimore every day. For that matter, um, the Yankees are 34-26 and 26 on the road, coming into Dodger Stadium. They have averaged 6.3 runs a game, but they're going to lose the DH in this series. It's kind of like 1963 all over again. The Dodgers have the best starting pitching in all of baseball. They're number one in starting staff ERA, while the, the Yankees, they're 19th. They actually have a starting staff ERA of 488. But the difference between these two teams, they're both 7th and 8th in team bullpen ERA, and the Dodgers actually are slightly ahead of the Yankees, although the Yankees have a star-studded bullpen. 
We both know Araldis Chapman. He's the team's closer. They got Zach Britton. He's a setup man. He's got a 226 ERA. Former Rockies reliever Adam Ottavino. He has a 164 ERA. Tommy Conley. He has a 282 ERA. But the Dodgers, they got Joe Kelly, and he's seen the Yankees a lot because he was a former Red Sox. We're going to get to the pitching probables now where we'll break down each matchup and we'll give you a little detail about what to expect. So for the Yankees, they're going to start with James Paxton. He's 9-6. and six. He has a 453 ERA. He's made 22 starts. The weakness with Paxton is that whip. He has a 1.43 whip, and that's because opponents are batting 268 off the lefty, and he's allowed 20 home runs to right-handed bats. So we got the Dodgers lineup out, and as expected, they're stacking it with righties. And then taking the mound, Hunjin Ryu, he's 12-3. and three. He has a 164 ERA, a .94 whip. He's made 23 starts. What are your thoughts on Ryu, Carey? Is he the Cy Young Award winner? Well, I think it's going to be three Dodgers battling for it. Between Kershaw, who was way behind, now he's all, all of a sudden he's ahead, and Buller, Bueller, who's just incredible. You know, one game 15 strikeouts, one game 16 strikeouts. Um, and we still got another month to go. You just never know. It could be any of the three. I think if Ryu shuts down the Yankees in this game, the Cy Young is pretty much a near lock for him. No pitcher is even close to that ERA. The next game, old man, 39-year-old, CC Sabathia, 5-7, and seven, 501 ERA, 140 whip, taking on the Catman, rookie Tony Gonsolin, 1-1, one and one, 3 ERA. He's made three starts. The 39-year-old Sabathia hasn't pitched a lot in Dodger Stadium, but he has a lifetime ERA of 120 over 15 inning, innings. His, form, his formula is pretty simple. If you bat right-handed, he's going to throw you a cutter. If you bat left-handed, he's going to throw you a sinker. He'll also throw in a slider and change up to try to fool hitters. But over his last seven starts, his ERA is nearly six. Tony Gonsolin last pitched against the Braves. Didn't get a decision because he only went four innings. This is going to be quite a test for the rookie, wouldn't you think? I would think so. He's got the mighty Yankees coming to town, and they're pretty much at full strength now. Yes, we'll get to the Yankees' bats in just a second. They're almost all back besides Stanton, but yeah, they have a lot of sluggers. The last game, Domingo Herman, Breakout season for the 27-year-old. He's 16-3. and three. He has a 4.15 ERA. 21 starts. Pretty low whip of 1.14. He's definitely been the beneficiary of run support because over his last seven starts, he has a 5.72 ERA. But because the Yankees put up so many runs, he's been able to go 5-1 in that stretch. Now, get this. Herman might be a beast at home where he's sporting a 224 ERA, but on the road, he has a 582 ERA. He's going to throw a curveball almost 33% of the time and then a 93-94 mile per hour fastball, right-handed pitcher. So the Dodgers will probably have Jock Peterson in there along with, of course, Muncie Bellinger. And because he's been so bad on the road, you got to think the Dodgers are going to put up some runs. And then on 
the Dodgers side of things. Clayton Kershaw back on the mound facing the Yankees. 13 and 2, 271 ERA, 22 starts, a whip of just past one. Kershaw coming off a victory against the Blue Jays where he passed Sandy Koufax on the all-time Dodgers win list. He's now the all-time winning winningest left-handed pitcher. And I have no doubt that these young Yankees lineup, the young Yankees lineup is going to want to hit some home runs off Kershaw. But Kershaw, would you say, is one of the best pitchers of all time? Well, now that he's one of the best pitchers of all time, if you haven't seen him before and you're going to see him for maybe the first time, you're going to be in awe because his stuff is just incredible between his curveball and his changeup and his fastball. It's just unhittable, especially if you haven't seen him before. That's right. Most of these Yankees bats have not seen Kershaw before. DJ LeMahieu, he has seen Kershaw quite a bit because he was a former Colorado Rockies, but he's only two for 16 against Clay and Kershaw. And if it weren't for Mike Trout, this guy is probably the MVP of the American League. He's a 331 batting average, 21 home runs, 86 RBIs. And most impressively, he's batting 402 with runners in scoring position. This guy was a free agent last season. The Dodgers could have signed him to fill in at second base. I don't think anyone expected what they got out of LeMahieu. Dodgers went with A.J. Pollock instead, who's actually been heating up and is proving to be a very important bat near the top of the lineup. The 2017 Rookie of the Year, he's going to get all the talk. Aaron Judge, but he's having a pretty quiet 2019 due to some injuries. Only has 13 home runs. 34 RBIs, and then now at third base, they got this guy, Gio Urshela. Very weird last name. Makes me think of the villain from The Little Mermaid, Ursula. Batting 336 with 18 home runs, 66 RBIs. Gliber Torres, powerful hitting infielder that they acquired in the Araldis Chapman trade a few years ago. He's got 31 home runs. Gary is scary. Sanchez, he's got 28 home runs. He's a catcher. But would we got someone named Will Smith. What do you think about Will Smith? Will Smith's incredible. He's probably the most incredible start for a catcher in the history of the Dodgers. I mean, I thought Mike Piazza was something. Will Smith is unbelievable. I mean, Roy Campanella was a great catcher. But uh, even Joe Ferguson was great in his day. But... You know, Will Smith so far is just lights out. He's like the, the unbelievable rookie that came out of nowhere that's doing incredible. But one thing about this series is you just never know. I mean, it's either going to be a slugfest because you got so much power on both sides, or it's going to be a pitching duel because you just got great pitching on both sides. You just don't know what's going to happen. The main key for the Dodgers is they got to get to the starting pitchers. All of the three guys listed, Paxson, Sabathia, and Herman, have shown major flaws throughout the season. Yeah, the Yankees staff is an upgrade from what they had last season in terms of the starting pitchers, but the bullpen that the Yankees have, it's pretty lights out. And if the Dodgers find themselves trailing by a couple runs going into the sixth inning, they could be in trouble. So 
if you had to pick one Dodger who you think is going to have a big series against the Yankees, who's your guy? I'd say Cody Bellinger. I would say Cody Bellinger is a good pick. I think he's going to want to hit one or two home runs with Aaron Judge in attendance. They were both rookies of the year in their respective leagues in 2017. Don't forget about Chris Taylor. He's been white hot since being activated off the IL. He's going to get to face two lefty starters. Perfect matchup for Mr. Taylor. And then I really like the matchup of Kike Hernandez against James Paxton. Paxton's a pretty hard-throwing left-handed pitcher. Fastball gets up to 95, 96 miles an hour. But Kike Hernandez actually posts a 474 ISO against fastballs in that range. So if Kike gets a hold of one of those, he's going to take him deep. I guarantee it. I also am really liking what Max Muncy's been doing all month long. He's been on fire. I think Max Muncy takes one of these Yankees deep. Maybe it's even Adam Ottavino, the former Rocky. Dodgers seem to always get a big home run off that reliever every season. It never fails. doesn't matter what the uniform is. I think this series ultimately is going to favor the Dodgers because they are the best home team in baseball. And though I want to say a sweep could go down, I'm going to say the Dodgers win two of the three games. What do you think? I agree, exactly. Two of the three. I think Clayton Kershaw picks up another win. He's going to go 10-0 at Dodger Stadium. I think Ryu also pitches a gem, solidifying the Cy Young case. I'm a little worried about Gonsolin and maybe Dustin May coming out of the bullpen, but this is where rookies got to prove themselves. They are both the top pitching prospects in the Dodgers' farm. And we can't forget about the 1981 World Series. So it's the last time these two teams faced. So let's cover that real quick. Okay, well, that was the year of Fernando. Of course, Fernando had to pitch in the playoffs, so he couldn't pitch the first game or the second game. He had to pitch the third game. So Dodgers got wiped out in the first two games in L.A. It looked like, you know, the Yankees had a long history of tearing the Dodgers apart. You know, except for 1963 and 1955, every World Series that they appeared in, they appeared in a lot together, but the Yankees just dominated. It looked like another domination until the third game of the World Series, where Fernando... Actually, no, the first two games were in New York. Then the third game was in L.A., and Fernando had to battle. I mean, it was... It was a tight game. I think it was 6-5 to five was the final score, but Fernando battled and battled and battled and won. The Dodgers had actually beaten those mighty Yankees who were another all-star team. They had um, um, the right fielder was uh, Reggie Jackson. They had Dave Winfield. They had an all-star team. But the Dodgers, who had uh, their famous infield of uh, Garvey, Lopes, Say, and Russell. Um, and they had the outfield of Reggie uh, Smith and Rick Monday and left fielder was Dusty Baker. They had a, and, and their catcher was Steve Yeager. So they had a pretty good uh, um, field, but it just the Yankees just always seemed to dominate the Dodgers in the 78 and they just tore them apart. But the Dodgers battled back. Um, 
Putin um, pitched, I believe, the fourth game. He won. And then they had Bob Welch, and uh, he won his game. So all of a sudden, the Dodgers had won three straight. And the uh, final and fourth game was in New York. And I don't remember who pitched the final game. I think it was Hooten who pitched the final game for the Dodgers. But out of nowhere, they ended up winning four straight after losing the first two. And that was one of the other great World Series in history. Very good stuff. These two franchises have played each other 11 times in the World Series. Look to make it 12, because I really do think that if the Yankees do get home field advantage in the American League, they're going to go on and make it to the World Series. I know the Astros are a threat, obviously. I don't really like the Zach Ranke trade. I think he's kind of washed up. And Justin Verlander, he's giving up home runs at an alarming rate. But, you know, you can't sleep on these Yankees in this series. Just be aware, they lead baseball in runs scored. They average 5.8 runs a game. They're second in home runs. Dodgers are third. Yankees are third in team batting average, hitting 272. And with runners in scoring position, this Yankees lineup leads Major League Baseball by batting 301. Um, other than that, I think we've pretty much covered what to expect. Two historic teams, both teams stacked with power hitters. You know, you got Seeger versus Gregorius, Muncie versus Torres, Will Smith versus Gary Sanchez, Bellinger versus Judge. It goes on and on. You're going to get to catch one of these games on ESPN. I believe that's the Sunday game. Everyone just enjoy the series. Have a great time. This could be the preview of the World Series come October. These teams don't face each other every season. It's one in every three years. The Yankees haven't been to Dodger Stadium since 2013. Hope everyone that's attending these games has a blast. Thank you, Carrie, for coming on to the show. Oh, you're very welcome. Was my Chucky's back on Twitter. Raider at Raider Chucky asks, How good is this Yankees team? Are they better than Boone's first year? Well, last year's team got beat by the Red Sox in the ALDS in five games. This season, the Yankees, they've been beating up on some very bad teams. Toronto, Baltimore, Detroit, it goes on. They have a very inflated record. Their starting pitching is absolutely better than last year. Sonny Gray was a gas can. Now he's got no pressure out in Cincinnati, loser. With James Paxton, J.A. Happ, they haven't really lived up to the hype. And Luis Severino hasn't pitched an inning this season due to injury. When fully healthy, Yankees starting staff is definitely an upgrade. The bullpen, solid as usual. It's about the same. And in the lineup, if this Yankees team can get their lineup completely 100% healthy, it's going to be really scary. I mean, Ursula, he's been a gem at third base. And then DJ LeMahieu they added. So yeah, once Stanton and Encarnacion... Voight, I'll get it back together, and maybe even Aaron Judge, although I hope the Yankees don't really find their stride. Yeah, this team is definitely better under Aaron Boone than year one. Other things to quickly recap, Rich Hill, making fast progress 
to returning back to the Dodgers starting rotation come playoffs. He just threw off the mound. He threw about 25 pitches the other day. Arm is fully healed now. Very excited to have Rich Hill back in the starting rotation. I mean, I, I know there's Dustin May and Gonsolin as options, but they're really young and inexperienced. And Rich Hill, he's been nails in the postseason. That grand slam that J- Dustin May gave up, I'm not too concerned. I think he's going to get it together. It's just the rookie jitters. Don't give up on the young kids so fast, guys. Thank you all for listening to The Incline. I hope you have a great weekend ahead. Go Dodgers. Let's beat those Yankees. Kevin Klein, out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.